Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and a happy new year. This is the Thin White Duke here with another edition of the Agony Uncles, the first one of 2023. Uncle Si, Uncle Dave and Posh Tash are still having their holly bobs. However, they did before they went away. Consider a whole bunch of problems which you can listen to today. All brand new and all thanks to you for emailing to agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. In this episode, we have help for hubby. We have the cooking career advice. We have in a Viennese whirl and in confidential corner, a little bit of heavy petting. Yes, it's all in this edition of the Hairy Bikers Agony Uncles. Hello, Hairy Bikers. Here is my request. I have got a problem that I must get off my chest. Won't you listen to my story like a hairy Jack and Ori? Cause I heard your advice is the best. Our first problem is called Help for Hubby, and it comes from Claire in Adelaide, South Australia. Bloody hell, hello Claire. Yeah, Claire says, uh, hello Uncle Si, Uncle Dave, Posh Tash, and the Thin White Duke from sunny South Australia. I love to cook. I have many of your cookbooks. I've loved your shows for many years. The Asian Adventure and Vacation are my favourites. I love to whip up anything in the kitchen, which is quite handy, because my husband cannot cook. I don't think my mother-in-law ever took the time to teach him how to cook, and he has little confidence in the kitchen, even struggling to chop ingredients properly. One of my unfulfilled wishes in life is to come home after work one day, have him sit me down and say, don't worry, darling, I'll cook dinner tonight. He kind of says he will, but he never follows through. He has no idea how to put together a full meal. So can you please give me any and all advice on how I could get him more confident in the kitchen? Are there any of your recipes or techniques that would be good for him to start with? Love the podcast each week, and I'll be often snorting with laughter while listening at work. Hope to see you both in Aussie, uh, sorry, Australia at some <laughs> yeah, point in the future. Nice. Says Claire. So help for hubby. What do you suggest? Over to you. Just say that quickly before you give your answer. I can might as well be Claire, so I'm going <laughs> to listen intently to this answer. Okay, Claire and <laughs> Tash, right? <laughs> well, f- firstly, just follow the recipe. All our recipes are meant to be used. They're really clear. And it was funny, somebody said yesterday, oh, I can't cook, he said. But I was proud of myself. I followed the instructions on my gusto box. And I I said, yeah, but if you go and buy the ingredients, then follow the instructions in a recipe, you know, it's exactly the same. Yeah. Uh, They're measured out, Dave. In gusto, they're measured out. Yeah, but just get some scales. And also get get him some nice knives. Just, I would suggest, say, three really nice Japanese knives. That'll improve his knife skills no, no end. Or just good knives that you can take pride in. And honestly, you know, it's just something nice about getting your new knives out and cooking something. And it's just that bit finer. And then you take pride in it. And the simple recipes. Um, it's funny when we look at our recipes that people do. You know, things like sausage casseroles and, and stuff go down really well. <clears throat> just pick something like that and, and get into it, you know, and it will be delicious. 
And if you just give him, just write him down some top tips, just like, you know, when he's preparing veggies. So if it's a tray bake, for instance, just make sure that everything yeah. is of the roughly the same size so they cook evenly. Just like little tips like that are really, really helpful. Because if, you, if your brain doesn't kind of work that way, it's always nice to be it's always nice to be told you know we had it like there's a lot of tips for instance in um in our curry book or the meat feasts mm. book or the one pot wonders book they're they're all they're, they're all great little tips so just write them down for them you know and just and as dave says you know buy him a set of knives just bribe him fundamentally is what we're saying just just get him into the kitchen and um and if you start simply with like a tray bake, you know, it's, and he's confident and he gets it right, it'll infuse him to do more. So set him up to succeed rather than fail. Mm, a good point. Yeah. My hot tip as well, which is not really a hot tip that's actually worked, but my husband only will, he's not uh, of a mentality, he'll think, what does everybody else like to eat? He can't cook so, and doesn't cook. But he, if he does attempt anything in the kitchen, it's about the ingredients he likes. So I would suggest, you know, what do you want to cook and let him build a dish that he knows that he might like first. And that's a building block to, before he starts thinking about what, what everyone else would like, because he'll then enjoy it more. Reverse psychology. Perfect. Yeah. And as Terry Leyburn, a Michelin starred chef friend of ours, always says 98% of good cooking is good shopping. You know, let him, you know, encourage him to get good ingredients and then praise. And then, you know, it's just, it's kind of, oh, I can do this. It's great. Yeah. Lovely. Reverse psychology then, Mark, and uh, and bribery. There you are, Claire. Reverse psychology and bribery. Two of the finest tools you'll need in life. Maybe sex. We'll have yeah, to sex. <laughs> Food makes, makes everything better. Our next problem is called cooking career advice. And uh, Luke says, very slim chance you'll read this. No, no, Luke, we no, read no, everything, you see, Luke. everything yeah. that gets sent, but I'll give it a shot. He said, I used to be a chef in a few kitchens from pubs to hotels to restaurants. I've worked under people as part of a team right through to running a small pub kitchen on my own, mainly cooking burgers, chicken and chips. I still have my love for food, but I also understand I do need guidance and to further my culinary skills. So I'm currently looking at chef roles and I wondered what your advice would be in terms of where I go from here. A pub kitchen cooking basic pub grub or a hotel or restaurant with a wider range on the menu with more skills and learning required? Asks Luke. Over to you. It's best you answer this, side because your son is in that position at the moment, isn't he? He is, he's, yeah. As we say, he's moving up the food chain. Yeah, he is. <laughs> it, uh, Dylan, uh, my, my youngest boy and, and Dave's uh, godson, he 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 started off uh, at cooking burgers and doing all that sort of stuff. But because of his knowledge, what, what Dylan was very clear about right from the very beginning was that he wanted to learn from experience. So he had a great grounding of food being around me and his uncle Dave for years and the family um, uh, are all you know properly into food so um, he he progressed that way he got his confidence he worked out how how a kitchen actually works and then and Dylan work has a reputation whereby that he works quite well under pressure so on, on busy services that's how he's getting more and more roles and he's at this um, fantastic restaurant in, um, in in Newcastle at the moment uh, called the Cookhouse and it's got a great ethos it's run by two fantastic fantastic uh, uh, one front of house the other um, the other one Anna, who's who's the chef 
um, and that, they're pushing him. And I think that the great thing about food is that you, you learning on the job is still possible. And it's, um, but it's long hours, you've got to be focused about it and you've got to want to do it. Um, and that's the thing. So push yourself. Don't be frightened. It is this. There is sometimes a little bit of a confidence issue, but the thing is that the industry generally is incredibly kind. And if you're good and you want to learn, and you work hard, they'll teach you everything that you need to know. So push yourself. And the thing as well is that that young people can achieve quite quickly. Mm. I mean, I even thinking of um, Ollie Dubois. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he most amazing food. I mean, what we ate on Saturday Kitchen was stunning. He's got a Michelin star at Heidi's restaurant, and they're making a blooming good living out of it. But it's by it's by what they can create and what they can produce. It's very much a meritocracy like that. Mm. You know, there's, there's nobody's going to come back for a plate, plate of bad food. No, yeah. it's very true. Yeah. Very and true. I always think with, with uh, Phil, I don't know, obviously I'm not the cook and the chef or the mission star person, but it always seems to come from the heart. A great chef is passion, isn't it? It's pure passion. The love of it. It's like making music, you know, and, and I think surely that's the way you go if you love it. And like you just say, Sai, it's a pretty tough industry. Mm. Hard hours. You've got to love it so much to push through some of that. But it sounds like your son, Sai, he's found what he's very good at. You, you Clearly, he's very good under pressure. And people recognise that and people need that. So maybe this guy needs to find the, the part, uh, what kitchen he needs to work in, needs to work out. Does he does he do pressure well in a very busy kitchen? Mm. Or was he better being his own boss yeah. in a small mm. kitchen? You know, you, you will have different skills. And, and, and also, it's st- and, and you, you still have the facility to find your space, which is really important. Mm. Um, all Dill wants to do is service. He just loves it. It's just like yeah. when it's when it's all kicking off and he, he just loves it. Um um, but he's worked his way through the ranks, and he's and he's continue and continuing to do so. He'll get his opportunity when um, when his uh, when his line managers and bosses think think it's think it's right for him to do so. Um, mm. I know he's capable of it. He knows he's capable of it. But that's the that's the sort of industry that it is. You need to be proven because you can't get it wrong. Because if you get it wrong, then it's the reputation of the restaurant at stake, and everybody yeah. knows that. You know, it's great. It's a great industry. Yeah, but also, uh, it seems one of the industries whereby if you are dissatisfied, you can move on. And you can move around quite quickly. It's not thought of, if if you only spent a year somewhere, it's not thought of as being a a bad thing, really. You know, like Dylan's moved around, your son, quite Mm, a lot till he's found somewhere to stay. But each time he's been at a job, he's picked up more and more information and knowledge to take on to the next job. Um, And we know, don't we, can you through some of the restaurants that we've... We've had the fortune to be in their kitchens. Yeah. Very different atmosphere in different kitchens. And it's horses for courses. It suits some and not others. Some are calm. Some are absolute chaos. Um, and you know, some thrive on it. You know, I always remember thinking I'd love to be part of Tom Kerridge's team. And what I loved, a little, little nod that Tom has. Out the back, there's always like a corn where people go for a cup of tea or a cigarette if they want to smoke. And that's where they take a break. What Tom does is, if they've been there for a year, it was a little brass plaque on the wall with a name on. And nobody knows that, but the sense of sense of teamwork and belonging, magic, magic. That's really sweet. Of, yeah, and that yeah. keeps the team together. Because I was about to say, I think we always talk about the chef, the, and these big names that go attached to restaurants. But there is a whole team of guys in that kitchen making that happen, you know, isn't yeah. it? From the beginning. And so the, the big name is great, but actually you've got to be a team player to work in a kitchen too. You can't just be that one person. 
Oh, I like that Tom Kerry story. That's lovely. Yeah, there's a lot like that. And funny enough, I went down the local pub last week, and um, it's it's such nice food. It's such honest food, um, and it's it's called the Three Horseshoes. But what what was lovely is I went in the kitchen to see the chef, and he was on his own. His girlfriend had come in to help him out. Oh. He was still, yeah. and the food was great. You know, and it just it was nice to be able to thank him. But they were building up for Christmas, and but you know there was there was a bit of love in the food. Even like I had like my baked camembert, and it had a, an onion chutney on the side. And the chutney was, it was like a, it, it was beautiful, but I could taste caraway seeds. And, and I said to him, you make the chutney yourself? Oh, yes, he said. So it was caraway, wasn't it? He said, yeah, just to make it a bit more interesting. And I thought, well, yeah, I noticed that, mate. It was brilliant. It was really appreciated. And brilliant. I think that's it. And the industry's changing as well because they understand that because of the, because of number one, the, the personnel shortages and, and, and skill shortages, the industry needs to invest a little bit more in 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 that area, and I think that that it, it it is changing. So you know you can you can make a good living and uh, and a lifestyle choice yeah. uh, out of the hospitality industry now if you get it right. There are still some cowboys out there that that chance their arm uh, mm. with their staff, but the majority have wised up. And it's like, well, we've got to invest not only in, yeah. in front of house, but what goes on in the kitchen as well. Yeah, that's what Holly said as well, is, you know, my, my stepdaughter's working as a waitress in a restaurant. She's been there for years, and she's doing quite nicely, you know, financially. It's for the hours she does. She's really quite happy with it. Um, but well, like we said to Holly, have you had trouble with, with staff? Because so many restaurants are. Oh, no, no, we're fine. We've got a great team. And I think, you know, we got down to the, you said, well, now we kind of look after them and pay them properly. Yeah. And, uh, it's got that ethos, ethos yeah. of hospitality is an industry. It is a skill. You know, it's, it's not something you do between, you know, when you're holidays, when you're a student, you know, it's a profession. Yeah. Do you, do you know what? I think that's the one thing in Britain we, we lack sometimes is a pride in the service industry. A real, that, you know, because I think you go to France, you go to the country, oh, yeah. they're all so happy to serve you and they love their food and they know everything. And there's a lot. Now, I think here, if you don't go to some of the best restaurants and have those amazing teams, no one to kind of throw the plate in front of you and the waitress doesn't really know what the food on the menu is. And that, I, I think it's a shame because I don't think someone's paying them enough to want to be as interested. Absolutely right. If you right. Salary, then they're interested and they're passionate and then you have your team and you have the business. Well, that's exactly true. I know two, two people that work in a cafe in Fellini Valdano. Okay. Both of those people have been there for 30 years. They've yeah. both put them, put their kids through university. Mm -hmm. They've both started their kids off in how, with a house and with uh, and and travel and all of the experiences you would expect as a father and mother to give your children from yeah. a cafe serving coffee and pastries. That's it's it. Amazing. That's all they do. Yeah, that's just because you're such a good tipper, mate. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. If you got problems, you'll be fine. Just drop the agony uncles a line. Your next problem comes from Sarah Weir. And she says, she's very formal here, Dave and Simon. 
Ooh. I make cakes for three shops every week and there's a great demand for your Viennese whirls. I have just read in the papers that corn flour might be disappearing from the shops and our lives. Can you suggest an alternative that I could use that would not ruin your whirl recipe? I'm hoping this is another food shortage scare, but I want to be prepared. Uh, thank many thanks and over to you, Sarah. I've never heard that one, Kingy. Cornflower scare. No, no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're scared of everything these days. They keep telling us to be scared, so we do. I'll say bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> There's the uh, official advice. <laughs> yes. Uh, tell them to all sod off and stop making you frightened. Um, I, I can't think of absolutely nothing that would replace cornflour in a, a Viennese world recipe because you need it for a thickening. Could you not use rice flour? Or rice starch or potato starch? Oh, could you? Um, I, I, honestly, I don't. You could, I suppose, bro, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, because you, know, you use, like, the... Instead of corn flour, you can use, like, r rice flour on, you know, to crisp stuff up. Or, like, you know, and, and it thickens as well. And potato starch as well. Yeah, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. But I, I, I can't see cornflour coming off the shelves. Apart from that, if you get a packet, it lasts for ages, doesn't it? Well, I you only use a tablespoon at a time. Well, if she's making cakes, though, for 44,252 yeah, shops, true. she's going to need quite a lot of it. You know what I'd do? I'd buy it in bulk, just in case, and then you can think about what you're going to do with the additional cornflour that you've overbought because you're slightly paranoid about what they tell you, and then um, work it out from there. Yeah, I don't like Viennese whirls, Kingy. <gasps> sure up, they're our recipe. I know, ours are better than most. But I think it's the, the texture of them, it puts my teeth on edge. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. It's like a, it sort of crumbles apart and then it puts like a furry layer behind the back of your teeth. Yeah, that's, that's the cornflour. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I much prefer a tart and shortbread. Sure up. Mm. She's not making tart and shortbreads, is she? She's making flaming Viennese whirls. Well, there's but nothing... she doesn't need cornflour, does she, for a shortbread? No, she might as well make the shortbread. There's nothing quite like a petticoat tail at Christmas, is oh, there, Mrs? <laughs> I love that, a petticoat tail. It's oh, so old-fashioned, isn't it, really? What, what, what is a petticoat tail, please? Could you explain for those of us who are thick? What? It's well, a it's a triangular-shaped shortbread yeah. that's oh, meant that. to look like the tail of a lady's petticoat. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, it's not, yes. nothing rude, you know. It's not like, you know, a bourbon thong. You know, it's a petticoat <laughs> tail. The problem is nowadays, we wouldn't be able to create those. It would be like a small belt shortbread because there's no girls who wear any decent petticoats. <laughs> it's like <laughs> a brassy leather skirt shortbread. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Okay, it's a mini so skirt shortbread, knee point. No, no. <laughs> you know. right, it's, it's very crumbly, it's a bit short. <laughs> so, yeah, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, so, the, uh, the answer uh, to the problem then is that uh, we, d we don't know. Uh, there isn't an no instant substitute for corn flour, but just no, buy a lot of it. I think, yeah, well, either do that or, or go with Uncle Dave's uh, uh, advice because actually that, that would work. You might get it to slightly different texture, but yeah. Well, if you're down, if you're down, down now don't get drunk. Don't get drunk. Just send an email, send an email to the agony uncle. To the agony uncle. Uh, we have a, a quick problem to do here. It's quick and as much as it's very short. So I thought we'd pop this one in. It's called a problem of positions. And this is for the first mm. problem we've ever had where it's remaining anonymous. And it's anonymous. I'm not even going to ask for a name. So I don't know whether it's from a man or a woman. Ooh. It's very quick. It just goes like this. Hello, boys. <laughs> 
I absolutely love my gorgeous man just the way he is. He's a much larger man. But frisky time turns into a game of Tetris, trying to get positions sorted so that everything fits where it should. Any suggestions? Anonymous. So, he's a bit of a porker, is he? He's a much larger man, is the way that they put it. Right, he's portly. <laughs> well, I suppose the stage one is she goes on top. You know, or the reverse... Oh, yes, or the reverse cowgirl. Or cowboy. Boy, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> We've got to get this right. Yes, we're all right. <laughs> this, is this is a world right. of pain, this right here. <laughs> Well, that's probably what she's in. Well, he's yeah, in. Oh, I don't well, know. Either way. We're not sure. I mean, if he's a big <laughs> lad. Where do we go? You know, know, where, do we, where, do we, where is this going? Where, where do we start? Um, uh, uh, I've got it. I've got it. Have fun trying to find your perfect mm, position. It's a good idea, that. Yes. Yeah. But I think if you're doing the wheelbarrow and he's the one that's down below, it's not going to happen, is it? Because you, you, you need to go to the Arnold Schwarzenegger conference. She's, if he's big, she or he's not holding him up if he's on a wheelbarrow. That's big, right, that's, that's right. Unless you're going to the Schwarzenegger conference in yeah. Birmingham. Yeah, oh, see, sorry. Yes, you're right. What's a wheelbarrow? Oh, I'm not even going to... I'm not going to describe... Not, no. Or Look example. <laughs> no! <laughs> Look it up on the internet. <laughs> Um, yes, look it up on the internet. We know what Dave searched for now. Right. Not just any normal wheelbarrow with your fresh veg you've got in your garden. Look, now go back to culture. Why not oh. just buy yourself a copy of the Kama Sutra? Oh. There's loads yes, of positions good. there. You know, it's yeah, old fashioned. Good advice. Yeah. Yes, but you need to be a yogi to get into some of them. Well, you know, it's, again, he might lose weight. He, I, she. I'm just thinking, know. we all know where the essential bits are, generally. I mean, it can't be that hard to find a position. We know which bits go together. <laughs> Surely it's it's just a matter of finding comfort, isn't it? You know, it's not like you've got to try and... Well, we did have one listen, didn't we, once? We had to try and find it first. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, was, that, was, that, tricky. Was, a, that was tricky. So once you found it, you kind of know what you're going to do with it. So you just got to get yourself in that find, position. Tash, that phrase, finding comfort, is a human being, not a sofa. <laughs> but you want to be comfortable if you're having fun. You don't Talk want to be sort of contorted. No, as you're yeah, absolutely oh, no. right. No, no, you're right, Tash. I'm absolutely in in, in agreement. <laughs> what you could do, you could try and practice with a cushion or your pillows. Hey. So what happens is I'm you not go, sleeping in your house again. <laughs> Bloody hell! I won't be able to put my head down anywhere. <laughs> ah, no, put it down, Tash. Put it down. You don't know what he's been doing. Oh, it's all gone wrong. We're coming it's back. Good. Right, well, get, get, look. I'm back. I'm back. Right. No, what I'm saying is, if you go, if you have the, you're having a chat in your bedroom, aren't you? You know, yes. and and, and uh, the, the, you, the couple are there, and you go, well, you listen, you're a bit portly, and it's a bit, you know, I, I, how about we try it like this? But don't actually do it and just go through the, you know, try it with a cushion just just to get yourself into the position and see what he or she thinks. I don't know, I'm just, you know, a bit like Airfix. I don't know. I don't know. Well, yeah, you could practice at home alone, I suppose. You could a bit. I'll tell you one thing that would work is when I was doing Strictly, it was to, to improve my posture. They sent me to anti gravity yoga. Which is that thing where you hang like what? a bat from the ceiling, you oh, know, on like cool. these straps, and you can invert and everything. Oh, I love and I got that. to admit, when I was in my anti gravity yoga class, and you know, not not that a lot of the people were unattractive, but I just suddenly thought that this had huge potential at home for one's positions. You know, you could hang like a bat, 
and be done to, as it were. <laughs> that's called S and M, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's what that is. Oh no, that's no, no, fundamentally. What no, you're no, no. The straps were very comfortable. Yeah, what did this? Comfort. See, comfort comes yeah. first. Anti gravity. In fact, I did buy myself. Um, oh God. A, a set of anti gravity <laughs> yoga. Uh, in my house in France, I set it up from beams. In, you know, outside you had that that like barn. Do you know uh, what? I had it hanging from the beans, but I nearly, you know, I, I didn't get my distance right and I clobbered my head on the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what that was? Yes. I didn't I, I ask. I just thought, I, I just thought, I, I'm not going to see anything. Oh, no, it's good because it you looks... feel weightless. Yeah, I've been looking for a class recently, actually. I really want to go to one of those classes where you hang and you just do yeah, all these amazing nice. fluid movements. Yeah, I've been looking. There's so few around. There's only central London. Yeah, it's the bat was the one I liked. And when you're in it, you got like, you feel so comfy. You should try it, Kingy. I, I will. Yeah, if they haven't got it in central London, the street chances of getting it in the tomb, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you know. No, I don't know. I bet there is. I bet there is. You've got everything up there. Ooh. You've got flotation tanks, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Maybe we should floating. find somewhere and we can all go and have a try of it together. Yeah, what the be in it? We can go and do yeah. a oh, podcast yeah. where we're all floating, in, weightless. Yeah. Anti-gravity. Anti-gravity Co- podcast. Yeah. <laughs> what happens if you need to go up the toilet? Well, you... Unhook, I suppose. <laughs> Take the straps off. You have off. to do it yourself. Do you yeah, you, yourself? yeah, you just flip this way, that way, and get yourself. Oh, yeah, you're not tied in. You're not, we're not talking bondage. It's not, it's not, not like say, a, safe word. Safe word. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> is it's it not, not that? All right. Okay. I, yeah. This is no, a whole like, new education for me. No, this it's, is it's not like gimp stuff. You know, this is. <laughs> no. This no. is this. You're, you're perfectly in control, and you can invert and swirl yourself around. Put your arms out, a different shape, and. Pull your handles and ooh. What handles? Ooh, yeah. You have handles? Yes. This is brilliant, this. Yeah. And these could be termed now as love handles, couldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I saw what you did there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the advice then for our anonymous person is uh, uh, some form of uh, weightless yoga. Yes, it'd be better than shagging a cushion. Put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with well, you, Dave. Sanitary. <laughs> it's, no, you know, you've got the, you know, that's what detergent's for. <laughs> if your life's in a mess, then the email address is the agony uncles at the hairybikes.co.uk. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening to us. Remember to email the problems to agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. That's agonyuncles at thehairybikers.co.uk. And while you do that, let me remind you, there'll always be the Agony Uncles podcast for a little light relief. So just follow and subscribe to make sure you don't miss us. So, from Posh Tash, the Thin White Duke, and from us... Bye. Bye-bye, everybody. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.